and open your Bibles to Acts chapter 13. I'll read for us verses 42 through 52. We will get a few verses into this tonight. Again, let's listen now to the Lord's word. And remember, this is all coming right after the sermon has been preached. And so the sermon which began in verse 16 and and concludes in verse uh, 41. And now we come to verse 42. As Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Now when the meeting of the synagogue had broken up, many of the Jews and of the God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. Since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has commanded us. I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. This is the Lord's word. Would you bow with me and let's pray. Again, our Lord, we thank you for this day and thank you for this word and pray now that your blessing will be upon it and upon your servant and upon these, your people, who sit here in this building and for those upon those who may be joining from afar. O Lord, would you grant us understanding and would you please, O Father, edify us now in these weak efforts we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have spent a couple of Sunday evenings going over the sermon that the Apostle Paul preached in the synagogue in Pisidian Antioch. This is his first missionary journey. And I want you to recall that the gospel, my friends, is not about you. I think that's one of the most freeing and wonderful things to realize. Charlie was talking about that as we uh, before the service tonight. It is not about you. It's not about your decision-making skills or your moral choices or even your intellect. The gospel is all about the Lord. That's why it's good news. It affects you, but it's about the Lord. It's about his promise to bless his people from all the nations and doing so in Jesus Christ, whom he raised from the dead. The prophets of old foretold the truth concerning Jesus Christ. He is the descendant of David who sits and is sitting currently on the throne of Israel, never again to die. He is the promised Messiah, the only savior of the world. And Paul would conclude his his sermon with um, these words. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and through him everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. Therefore, take heed, so that the things spoken of in the prophets may not come upon you. Now is the time of salvation, in essence, is what Paul is saying. 
Believe upon the Lord and be saved, or else be judged in your sin and condemned to an eternity in hell. He does not give, I want you to notice, an altar call. I thought that was, it was really missing in this passage. Not even in the Greek is there anything like that. He doesn't give an altar call. I just want you to notice this because I think it's, again, we want to be very careful. We're not selling a product. It's very easy to manipulate people and to, into making a decision. I know a man, he's a friend of mine, he's actually an elder in a reformed church back in Indiana. And he said he had a man come to him one day and said that they had an incredible ministry and that just that previous year they had 10,000 people in Fort Wayne, Indiana come to know the Lord. And my friend, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, said, man, you must have a big building. He goes, what do you mean? Well, you got 10,000 people you have to disciple. He goes, oh, they don't come. They don't come to church. They're making decisions. They're making emotional pleas. They're, they're doing that, and they're getting people to respond. To what? I don't know. It's very interesting to me that the Apostle Paul lays the facts out, and then he says, deal with it. Right? Deal with it. Believe this, and you will be freed from your sin. Reject it, and you will be damned. That's the options. We're not selling Jesus Christ. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ. We're declaring who he is, that he is the great king who has come to redeem sinners. Paul doesn't give this altar call. He lays the truth on the table and urges the men and women to deal with it, to believe it, to be freed from your sin and reconciled to God, or to reject it to your own destruction. And now what follows is the response to the gospel, the good news that was preached to the Jews and also to the God-fearing Gentiles and how it resulted in an incredible influx of Gentiles in mass to the church. And so we see in these next uh, few verses this uh, response to the gospel. Initially, we are presented with a, a very positive response to the message preached, and we see that the word brings life. The truth of Jesus Christ brings life to people who will heed it. Have your lives changed because of the truth of Jesus Christ? Can I get an amen from the Baptists over there? <laughs> right? right. It does. The word of God changes our lives, and this is what we see as Luke has recorded this. Listen to this. As Paul, I'm in verses 42 and 43, as Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Now when the meeting of the synagogue had broken up, many of the Jews and of the God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue in the grace of God. As we look at this, there's a lot of conjecture, because Luke doesn't give us a whole ton of details here. Um, some have thought that verse 42 and, and 43, it almost sounds like they're repeating the same thing, like uh, the meeting ended and then the meeting ended again. But uh, one commentator, I thought, gave a, a faithful, a fair and, and believable explanation. Um, here, Paul has finished preaching, and as Paul and Barnabas were going out, we are told, the service is over, and yet people, presumably, are lingering. 
They are speaking among themselves, like we do after church. The service is over, and everyone stands around. The building's not locked up. People are bumping into each other. They're talking. They're talking about the sermon. One says something like, Wow, what a great sermon, says, uh, says this fellow. It made such, such sense. I've, I, I, I never knew what to make of those verses from Isaiah or from the Psalms. I never knew that those things meant or could be applied the way that he's applied them. Yes, says another. I couldn't quit, quite figure out why they would have put Jesus Christ to death. But remember what he said four times. And he was raised, and he was raised. I never heard anything about a resurrection. And one guy goes, yeah, well, I heard something about a resurrection. The naysayer in the group, he says, yeah, I heard that his disciples stole away the body. It's all a farce. You can't believe this stuff. And so the people are talking among themselves. They're bantering about saying things. And Paul says here, and the people kept begging these things, that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Here, the people were so moved by what was said that they keep begging that these things, these words, might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Repeatedly, Jews, God-fearing Gentiles, they keep asking, please come again, tell us more concerning Jesus Christ. They've not heard these things before, and it was life to them, the most wonderful news they've ever heard, that it is not what we've done for God, but what God has done for the sinner through the gift of his son. Imagine this. The gospel is being preached in a synagogue where historically they have only heard the law of Moses being read and portions of the prophets. They had no idea that the Messiah had come. And so you can imagine the thrill of, of hearing. Remember Simeon in the Bible, in, in, in Luke, the beginning of Luke's gospel, where he says, the consolation of Israel. The Jews had been looking for this. God-fearing Jews had been looking for decades, for centuries, for millennia, waiting for the Messiah to come. And here, here they are in this synagogue, and they're, they're hearing it for the first time. Now, when the informal part, that that meandering and that talking about has, has come to an end. The caretaker, this is what the commentator says, caretaker closed the doors of the synagogue and the people went home. It's a reasonable assumption. And then we read, now when the meeting of the synagogue had broken up many of the Jews and of the God-fearing proselytes, and the proselytes are those who are incomplete converts to Judaism, they followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue in the grace of God. They've left the building, and as they do, so many Jews and of the God-fearing proselytes are following. Why? Why? Listen to this. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. We have never heard anything like this. We did not know that we could be free from our sins. Paul and Barnabas, they're rock stars right now because they're the ones who have brought the truth of the gospel to a people who were sitting in darkness. It's wonderful news. Tell us more. Tell us more. There is excitement. There is joy because they have found true freedom, freedom from their sins, something the law of Moses could never accomplish. And as Paul and Barnabas are speaking with them, they say, and we're urging them to continue in the grace of God. They were urging or persuading them 
to continue in the grace of God. These people had come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's what's happened. This is what the word has done. These people had come to faith in Christ. They believed and they must continue to rest in the Lord's grace. My friends, it's not a mere profession of faith that we must look for. As my friend pointed out, it's not just having people sign their name, writing their name in the front of the Bible. We're not interested in having people make a mere profession of faith, but to be possessors of saving faith, a faith that perseveres, a persevering faith that endures to the end of one who starts a race uh, and to finish it. Because who starts a running race and decides to quit, right? Isn't that the mark of a disciple? Isn't that what we, we were reading about this morning with Epaphras and, 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 and Demas and Luke? Demas didn't finish the race. So here we see that this word brings life. And we see generally there was a positive, a very positive response to the message of Christ, to the good news of what God had done. Jews and God-fearing Gentiles had come to faith in Jesus Christ. The people desiring that Paul and Barnabas should come the next Sabbath and bring this truth again. And that this word had a huge impact, there can be no doubt. Listen to verses 44 through 47. While we just, uh, we, we see in 42 through 43, the fact that this word has brought life to so many people and they're quite excited. As we continue to read, we also see that the word of God divides. It divides people from other people. So listen to 44 through 47. The next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. Since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. It is the next Sabbath. The next Sabbath, we are told, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. Between Sabbaths, my friends, the word has had an effect upon these new converts. There's the only way we can understand this, is that here they have come, they have heard the sermons, they, they responded to it, and a week goes by, and now nearly the whole city has assembled, has come to church. Imagine, imagine the doors being open and and every chair and every space is filled in this sanctuary and people are standing there because they want to hear the word of the lord what brought about this change nothing there's nothing like advertising from a satisfied customer you've heard that a person who was genuinely converted he can't shut up about who saved him that's what we see the word has had an effect upon these new converts. There has been a change. And it was not miracles in the sense that we typically think of them, the lame to walk or the blind to see. Rather, it is the wonderful providence of God that brings about a changed heart. Overflowing, these people were with joyful and righteous speech. These people have gone on and told what they heard. And again, Luke records nearly the whole city assembled and, and they have assembled to hear the word of the Lord. 
The early church shared the good news of Jesus Christ with those who were around them. Come and hear what Jesus Christ has done. Do you ever do that? Do you ever just stop and talk? I realize it's an awkward day um, with our pluralistic society where everyone's truth is their truth and it's supposed to all be equal. Poppycock. You need to tell people about Jesus Christ. You know what he has done and who he is. You should tell people about who Jesus Christ is. And these people do it. Come and hear who Jesus Christ is. And people came. People came in mass. But also, people came in opposition to the gospel. Again, in verse 45, uh, we read this. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Not everyone appreciated the message that these traveling teachers brought. No doubt uh, some had gathered there that day to hear what Paul had to say in order to find fault with him in his message. And there was opposition. And so we're told, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. The Jews saw the crowds of people gathering to hear Paul and Barnabas Understand, and one of the commentators pointed this out. From a human perspective, this commentator said, I kind of understand why they were so upset. I can understand why they were so upset. Here the Jews worked so hard to see Gentiles converted to Judaism. And here these two guys come, Paul and Barnabas, and the whole city's abuzz now. Oh, they can't get enough of this guy. They can't get enough of this word. Jesus said this concerning the Pharisees, that they would travel around on sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he became one, they'd make him twice as much a son of hell as themselves. And here Paul and Barnabas come, and the town is abuzz. Crowds are coming to hear what they have to say. Friends, ask yourself this. Why is the truth of the gospel so appealing? Why is it so appealing? Because the gospel is not burdensome. It's not. I know we talk. We talk about obeying the Lord. And we ought to obey the Lord. And for a person who was born again. That obedience is not a burdensome thing. You're happy to do it. Just like a woman or a man who loves their spouse. Your wife says to you. Or your husband says something to you. And they say sweetheart would you. And you go oh, of course. I'd be happy to do that. Why? Because you love that individual. You cherish them. And so it's not a burdensome thing to love your spouse because you love them. And so the person who was born again and born from above, who has the love of Christ in his heart, it's not a burdensome thing. Well, of course the Lord says you shall not murder. And you go, of course, Lord. I would not want to murder because you don't want me to murder. The gospel's not burdened. And the gospel... Salvation doesn't rest upon my shoulders to deliver the goods. That's the other thing that's so important to understand. That's why the gospel is a beautiful thing and why the message is so incredible. Sometimes we shackle, we weigh the gospel down with all sorts of the do's and don'ts. And you've heard these things. What does a man or woman need to do to be saved? Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. 
right? Jesus said of the gospel, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not about you and your performance. The gospel is not about you and your performance. But this was the message of the Jews. You've got to be circumcised. We've got to do these laws. You've got to stay away from certain foods. We don't want you carrying anything heavier than half a fig on the Lord's Day. And we don't want you walking too far on the Lord's Day. And we don't want you pulling wheat off the stalk and rubbing it in your hands on the Lord's Day. We want you to tithe your dill, your mint, and your cumin. And we want you to do all of these things. And then maybe, if you're earnest enough, you just might find blessing from the Lord. That's not good news. Circumcision, the law, the works of the hands, all these things, what do they do? They feed the flesh. Look at me. Look at me. Look what a successful person I am. It leads to pride. Or, because it's so overwhelming, it leads to despair. My friends, in Christ, the burden of your sin rolls away because Christ takes it away and it is nailed to the cross to be remembered no more. So that I don't fear now any condemnation. That's a wonderful feeling. That's a wonderful fact. Wonderful news. Wonderful news for some. But it requires a man to lose his pride. And some will not do it. They will not let go of their pride. Because they believe that they are entitled and they believe that they are better than other people. And so they dig their heels in. And they will not submit to the Lord. This message divides Many were eager to hear what the apostles had to say, but the Jews were filled, we're told, with jealousy. And what was the cause of their jealousy? Friends, friends, it was not the truth. It was not the facts that had been laid out for them. It was not the changed lives they saw, uh, which caused them to be jealous. Rather, it was seeing the crowds. That's what Luke says. This is worldly. This is self-centered and self-focused, fleshly and quite demonic. I mean, Paul, at least, in Acts 8, why is he persecuting the church? He believes they're all heretics. He has not yet met the Lord. Are these people accusing Paul and Barnabas of being heretics? That's not what Luke says jealousy is from. The jealousy is from seeing the crowds. These men are being successful, and we are not being successful. Look at them. They're running after those guys. And so what we are told is they began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. They began to speak against the things that Paul was saying, disputing those things that he said concerning Jesus Christ. Furthermore, they were abusive in that they went so far as to blaspheme and railed against our Lord Jesus himself, saying things probably like that Christ was an imposter and a false messiah. You could not trust him. You know, it was very interesting. I guess um, Rosh Hashanah, or um, Yom Kippur, I think. It, or no, it was Rosh Hashanah that they talked about. And uh, they had on OAN, very fascinating, they had two rabbis 
and one was a Christian rabbi and one was not. And the first man got on there, the Christian man, and they asked him about Rosh Hashanah and the man started talking about Jesus Christ. And, you know, and he had the, the, the curls and everything, a big smile on his face. And the other man, a Jewish rabbi, goes, well, I don't know about this Jesus Christ. He was not the good man. And he, he started to go against him. And the other man, it was wonderful. If you could look this up, the other man smiles real big. He goes, you know, you need to understand that Jesus Christ is the greatest Jew that ever lived, that he is the Messiah, and the Jews need to know their Messiah. And he proclaimed the gospel right on OAN. And the, the interviewer said, well, that's very interesting. I figured we'd have two rabbis and that we would have consent. <laughs> but it was very interesting to me, in light of this passage, that they could not. Here's, here's Paul and Barnabas talking about Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He has come, and people are flocking to him, to them, to hear the truth of this gospel. And you could see this other man just get angry as this man spoke about Jesus Christ. Very fascinating. So here they are, blaspheming, railing against the Lord. He's an imposter, a false messiah. And then they were probably saying things like, and these men are heretics because they're not telling the truth about Jesus Christ, and they are false teachers. My friends, understand that Jesus Christ came to save Jews and Gentiles. And here the Jews became an instrument of opposition to the gospel, casting doubt, contradicting. Whose will were they actually pursuing? Were they concerned for the souls of those men and women who had gathered to hear? No. They were upset because they made them look unsuccessful. They were fighting against God, undermining his servants and his word, all because of jealousy and rivalry over the crowds who had come to hear Paul and Barnabas. Now these men, Paul and Barnabas, do not sit back and allow the Jews to go unchallenged. Here's their response in verse 46. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. Since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. Because the Jews have attacked them verbally, it was necessary now for Paul and Barnabas to, as we say sometimes, remove their gloves. It's a boxing picture. Um, you know, they put those big puffy gloves on them so that they can fight longer um, because it absorbs so much of the shock. When we talk about removing the gloves, we're taking off um, being soft, and now we're going to make you feel, you're going to feel my knuckles. And Paul and Barnabas let them feel their knuckles now at this point. Um, they don't soften uh, what, is, what needs to be said, but they speak plainly, very matter-of-fact. They do not mince words with their fellow Jews, and they say, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. Why? Why did the Jew first? Consider what Paul preached on the previous Sabbath, my friends. In verse 16, we read this. Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, 
The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he led them out from it. On and on and on. It was God who chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was God who approached them. And it was God who made a promise to them. Also, if you turn over to to Romans chapter 9 and listen to what Paul says there. Romans 9 verses 1 through 5. We read this. I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were a curse separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites to whom belongs the adoption as sons and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises, whose are the fathers and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. The Lord has worked through the Jewish people throughout the ages to bring about the Messiah. The scriptures, all the accounts of God's dealing with his people, the types, the ceremonies, all point forward to Jesus Christ. Jesus himself on the road to Emmaus said to his disciples, or we are told uh, that he, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. My friends, he came to his own. He brought the gospel to those who had waited for so long, anticipating the salvation of the Lord. Paul would say in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. My friends, this was God's design. This was his plan, that the Jews need to know that their Messiah has come. And what do they do with this phenomenal news? We are told in John 1, verses 10 and 11, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. And he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. They do not receive the message of the gospel. Rather, they contradict the message of the gospel, and they blaspheme the Lord. They repudiate the gospel, says Paul. They reject it. They refuse it. The message of Christ is scornfully rejected. The result being that they judge themselves unworthy of eternal life. J.A. Alexander said they proved themselves unworthy of salvation by refusing to accept it when freely offered it through their own Messiah. My friends, what a frightening thing. What a frightening thing to reject the gospel and to push it away from you and to be told that they have judged themselves unworthy of salvation. What did Jesus say? Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Because they have judged themselves unworthy of salvation, the apostle says this, Behold, We are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. He quotes from Isaiah 49.6, spoken some 700 years earlier. It was always, my friends, God's plan to bless the nations and to bring into the church 
not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles. Even Simeon says this, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. And so Paul and Barnabas will turn in obedience to God from those who have rejected the gospel to those who would receive it. And thus we see the influx of the Gentiles in mass to the church. What do you do with the gospel? You believe it and you share it. It is the word that brings life and it is also the word that divides. But it's the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. And so we proclaim him crucified and risen again. If you'll bow with me, let's close in prayer. We thank you, Father, again for this night and for your word and pray that you would encourage our hearts to be faithful to witness of the Lord Jesus and to not sell him, not to urge people to try him, to urge them, Father, to repent and to believe the gospel, to believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he was, and that he reigns supreme, and that he will take the worst and the darkest of sinners, and he will wash them clean if they will but turn to him. Oh, Father, would you open doors for the gospel this week for us in this congregation? that we would see many people in days and months and years to come, many people come through this door who walk in in darkness and leave believing the truth of Jesus Christ. Bless our efforts, we pray, and we ask for this all in Jesus' name. Amen.